Welcome back to the Scarce Tip Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm indifferent. <laughs> All right. Well, we already got people mad. Today's episode so- is The Howling. We've been wanting to do this for a while. I've had very, I will say, higher expectations compared to most films on first watches. It's been a very highly talked about film. Yes. And a lot of people have been recommending seeing it, saying it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. The special effects rival American Werewolf it came out at the same time. A lot of things in the movie are similar in aspects and very different in others. So I'm yeah. a diehard fan of American Werewolf in London. It's one of my top five favorite horror films probably of all time. And I tried my best, my absolute best, to not have a personal bias watching this film. And I'll get into it when it is time your turn yeah i mean i feel like it's kind of impossible to not have some kind of expectations going into this considering how storied this is in the the subgenre of werewolf horror movies you know this is you know the top two are usually this if you're i mean no sorry top three is this american wolf in london and the wolfman interchangeably yeah you know a lot of people always talk about those and this being in the top three of the genre, you'd think that this is going to be something that's going to be life changing. Yeah, honestly, and the way that I would I would argue that American Werewolf and Wolfman are. I'd say there's a few more you could throw in there. I think Curse of the Werewolf is a lot more popular than I thought it was. I see it yeah. everywhere now, and I'd say Wolfman versus Frankenstein is really high up there now as well. Yeah. I think Werewolf of London from the original is starting to get a bit more talk going around it, but I would say those three are definitely the ones that are heard of the most. Yes, and we were we were both excited to watch this because we've been talking about it since we were doing our uh, Universal Monsters marathon, and it's okay. I was let down. I was heavily let down. I was down. let down. I was let down, for sure. So, this is definitely not the movie I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I want to say one thing that really fucking pissed me off watching this movie. I had no idea what was going to happen. Complete blank slate. No expectations for anything. I got about halfway through, and I just wanted to check the box for the runtime. I checked the box to see, what is the runtime? Immediately fucking spoiled that one the woman is going to be a fucking werewolf. I didn't know. Like, I could assume she was going to be a werewolf, but I didn't know for a fact. And I'm like, oh, what's the runtime? What the fuck? Yeah, I didn't even... I didn't even notice that. I mean, I didn't look at the runtime. I just knew it was 90 minutes. But as soon as they got to the colony, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. I I get that because it's very... It, it's a very much assumed well, it's, it's just like annoying colony. it's like the colony it's yeah. the pack oh yeah. boy like no shit it just so. it pissed me off like if it was a special effect werewolf it'd be like oh man I wish I saw the design in the movie but it is what it is but it's like you just see her with the fangs and it's like just imagine I haven't seen this movie yeah. and you're making box art you son of a bitch just fuck yeah, I. Off. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't blame you there. That that would piss me off too. I mean, look at her. She looks like she's gonna be a werewolf. Don't get me wrong, but how fucking cool if it was like a bait and switch, and you assumed it, and it was just the doctor trying to convert these people. Like, I don't know how the fucking movie's gonna go. You know yeah. what happened is what I think is the easiest thing to assume, but. Yeah. Who fucking knows? It's a movie in the 80s. Subversion happens in a lot of films at this time. Not this one, but I already know it's not going to happen because the fucking box art. So I think the thing that we should probably get out of the way now, because it's far and away probably the best part about the movie, is the effects. Yeah, it's the reason everyone talks about it. Yeah, so I think that for the most part, these effects are pretty goddamn good. Uh, yes, for the there most is some part. of them. So yeah, some of them are a little iffy, and I think it has less to do with the makeup effects, and more so to do with how long Dante chooses to to film certain se- parts of these sequences. 
you know like when we get to the big like climax the one that everyone talks about from the from the howling when you know um eddie transforms fully changes in front of every front of um karen uh the the bubbling on the face for a, for a couple seconds it looks fine but it continues like the the shot is held for so long that it kind of looks really goofy after a while to me oh, yeah now i don't know if that's because of the lighting or if that's because of the effect itself or if it's just that it's held way longer than it should be in my opinion but like that looks pretty goofy the rest of it honestly looks really good i think in most scenes it works out very well i think you're onto something with the it can be a little goofy that didn't personally bother me as much as i think the lighting in most of the movie makes the werewolf fur look fake and shitty yeah i think most of the time it looks tacked on and it looks like a prop i think if the scenes were more dimly lit a lot of the outdoor scenes are way too bright i think the film the cinematography in the film is just not that strong and they did not try to cover up a whole lot with the filming and i, I like some of the establishing shots of ambiance like yeah the, uh, the foggy the foggy woods once I, you start those are the best scenes though the, the yeah. light like when it's shot in day those scenes do not look very good to me yeah I think it's fine when they're in the city or they're talking about stuff at the news station, but when they're in the colony and it's like there's so many shots during the day about people like looking through stuff or doing some like looking through records, those scenes don't look very good. I, when you first go to the colony and it's nighttime, I think that scene looks great. Everything in night during this yeah. film is very well shot. Horror films benefit at, at the dark not just because it's a great setting for like danger but mostly because most of these special effects guys will tell you they do great work but if you put it under a certain light it's always going to look like shit like you have yeah. to be smart with your cinematography you have to understand framing you have to realize that like these shadows are really going to help you if you're smart about it and a lot of the work in Dante's film the lighting is just destroying it there's scenes when it's fastly cut when the werewolf is chasing after the best friend character who's like trying to find information and shit when it's fast edited it looks fine you know a lot of choppiness but who cares but when you see it edited slowly and it's not so choppy and it's reaching out and grabbing her and you see the arm the longer that shot lingers the more fake that arm looks and it just does not help the film I'm I know I'm watching a fucking movie don't get me wrong but I don't want to feel like, okay, this is just another special effect. I want to feel like there's a werewolf on screen. You know, when he, when Eddie transforms in that room, it feels like he's turning into a fucking werewolf. It's amazing how different the transformation is to American Werewolf. Yeah. And it's I, even I, longer. It, it is much longer. I Or at least feels much longer. I remember thinking, sure. and this is... I feel like this is going to happen a lot through the film. Like I said, I'm trying to be unbiased, but I am going to compare. They are comparable films. I did not love the design for Kessler as a werewolf in American Werewolf. It's only on this recent viewing where I'm like, I think the fact he looks more like a dog benefits the film. It benefits more about the uncertain nature about him being a werewolf, and that helps. Watching this movie, I like it way more as a design. Because the werewolves that transformation scene is awesome but they all look like the same werewolf in the end game the end transformation is not that impressive like when they're all in the barn yeah like everything from the transforming for david looks great when he's his back is shifting out his snout gets elongated and the same thing for eddie when they are transforming they look amazing but the end design, I'm gonna remember American Werewolves. The howling can be kind of forgettable, especially when there's fucking twenty of them. Yeah, and it, it is also well, like they don't really show most of the werewolves in great detail, but most of them look pretty similar. Yeah. The only one that the only one that looks really different is Karen at the end. Yeah, that's requested by the actress too, D. Wallace. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll also say, though, it reminds me a lot about a lot of Teen Wolf. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people are saying, oh, she looks like a Wookiee. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. She looks like possibly a Wookiee from the, you know, holiday special. But uh, Yeah, especially from the holiday special. Also, what a fucking downer ending. <laughs> I think the ending is the best part it, of the movie. It makes sense. All of it makes sense. Don't get me wrong, but it is kind of awkward to watch knowing that in real life that kind of shit's actually happened on the air like yeah. a newscaster well, they usually, the one the ones I know of they actually kill themselves on camera but like that's not that is kind of a real scene yeah although I think that stuff happened after this movie came out but yeah, I will that, say... that was kind of a little bit of reflection of real life today yeah. that was kind of weird I will say, I think the end bit after the death is a little... Takes a little bit away from it. Like the, oh yeah, the things you can do with special effects, like... Oh yeah. I get the dialogue you're talking about, and I think it makes sense. But it kind of takes away the impact of her death. Yeah, I definitely think that that should not have been in the movie. Yeah. I think think the movie ended right there. And it would be a, a rather abrupt ending, don't get me wrong, but... Yeah. I'm fine with that, considering the weight that that's supposed to feel. It seems such a tacked-on scene for, like, sequel bait. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think D. Wallace is in the sequel to this movie, so... Nope. I thought I I saw D. Wallace isn't attached to it when I looked it up. Maybe it's, like, archive footage. They do that a lot. Maybe. Um, I was gonna say, like, did she not die? You know Uh, who is in the sequel? Christopher Lee. Pretty sick. No, probably, it's probably not good, but I like me some Christopher Lee. He might have dialogue. His outfit's funny. He's got like the fucking like eighty shades, where it's like Cyclops. Oh Christ! Pretty sick. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would I would love to say that I like the effects more. I like but... the idea of them. I think the idea is pretty cool, but. I just think a lot of things fall a little flatter than I would prefer. I'll say that there are a couple shots though of Eddie's transformation that are actually like seared into my brain because like they show in detail like the way his eyes change. There's a shot of his eyes that are like yellowed and and like really superimposed red. Oh god, that's a really good shot. Also, when Eddie enters with the fucking bullet in his head. Yeah. That's really good. He says, I want he to give you a piece really of my good. mind. And he pulls his fucking the bullet out of his head. That was ad And then changes. It's so good. That's a good fucking line. He's barely, he's barely in the fucking movie, and he's he's one of the more memorable parts of the movie. Yeah. As a human. I thought he, I think he's really good. You know who I don't think is really good? Doctor? D. Wallace's husband. Really? You don't like him? I find him. I, I I just don't like the way that his his story unfolds because it feels so. I don't know how to really say it. It just it it doesn't feel natural to me. At least the way that it ends. Yeah, the ending soured there's, me. There's really no. Um, there's no reconciliation with that that issue. Like it it just it just ends. Like, he, oh, she, she, the person that was that was jumping in through the back window happened to be Bill, and now he's dead. Yeah, I. It's like, I okay. Agree. So I, I didn't even see it. Um, the actor is good. Don't get me wrong. It's not the actor's fault. I think the actor in the movie does a really good job. Yeah, I don't think I, it's the actor's fault. I don't like the I don't like the character very much, especially after a certain point, because I just feel like it's kind of one dimensional the way that they take that relationship, especially like. The whole like, oh, he's gonna fucking hit her. It's like after oh he God, hits her, he doesn't become a character anymore. Yeah, I I really really, really liked the character until that scene, and yeah, I think the idea is gonna sound bad. I think the idea of him and her having a, like an argument and it ends with him hitting her and it really tears apart this character is a great idea. But when he does that, he isn't on screen anymore. Yeah, he just drops out of the movie. So it means nothing. If you have yeah. that happen and he becomes a co-lead at that point and you see his inner struggles, fine. It drops yeah. the ball with that character entirely. It's like saying, hey, this is going to make him unlikable and detestable. 
so we're gonna fucking let him die. Dude. Yes, it makes him unlikable, but to me, sounds bad, I don't think it's unforgivable. He's not just hitting his wife because he's a drunk. He got turned into a fucking werewolf. (laughs) Yes. Like, if, if if Larry Talbot hit a girl because he was going fucking crazy, would he be completely unlikable in the movie? Completely. No. no. Not completely. Would would it fucking harm his character and make him more Yes, but it should. Shades of Grey? Fuck yeah. It'd make it a lot tougher to enjoy, but it'd also make it a better film in some ways, depending on what film. You know, this is a perfect film where it would have made Bill a way better character if you followed through with him. But yeah. after it happens, nothing. It meant nothing. Yeah, in the end, it, it is nothing. It is there for no other reason than to give you like a, a, a gasp moment when he sh- when he hits Karen. Because he, at the end of the day, like if they took that somewhere, it wouldn't be such a problem. But the problem is that he completely disappears from the movie. You want to know how you make the movie ten times better? Thinking what? about it on the spot, you have the guy who follows. Um, Terry, his girlfriend. Yeah. He comes packed with fucking tons of silver bolts like he does. Same exact shit. He fucking dies. He sucks. He, he just gets fucking run over. He, his character gets entirely replaced by Bill. Yeah. Everything, he saves her. He's turning into a werewolf. He fights against it. He saves his fucking wife. He, all that shit happens. He blows away that fucking bitch that he fucked. All that shit. Have her get bit the same exact fucking way and have it go on same exact ending he kills her and then he blows his own fucking brains out oh wait, he actually he actually bites her he's the one who bites her yeah he's the one who bites her so like at the end like it's even more of a final insult like yes not only have i hit you but i've made you a monster it, so. it is literally feel my pain it is the way of saying like hey you liked bill fuck you like, yeah, I, I don't know. Because up until that point, like he seems like a like a loving, caring husband. Yeah, like I, and I, I think I he's really like fucking that. good for but most of the movie until that point. When they do when they do that fucking flip, if they did that flip and then actually did something with that character to actually like you know progress him, that'd be fine. Yeah, but they do this like heel flip and then they legit just forget about him. It's like literally, it's a heel anymore. flip. It's like wrestling. Like they just made him fucking like hit he his own chair back. and say like I'm I'm going for the belt now. <laughs> yeah, I mean like they already made him kind of complicated because of the fact that he has sex with Marsha. Yeah, like I don't know. Like you, you could have done so much more if you want to make it a better film. I think, like I said get rid of that other character at the end, have him fucking die, and have Bill take over, I think you got a stronger ending. I think it yeah. is a much stronger emotional ending, and it would help the film out a lot, but whatever. Also, Loki, I thought I was... I, I honestly felt really dumb for a second because I thought that the character, uh, Terry's boyfriend, uh, who shows up at the end, I thought he actually took his gun and used it to close the door. I did too. No, I did too. I saw that. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? I thought you dumb motherfucker. But but then he turns around with a gun and shoots. I'm like, where the fuck did the other gun come from? Got it from the fucking idiot husband. He, the, the other the husband guy of the the best friend character for for D Wallace, like the the black haired girl. Yeah. Yeah, the husband had a gun, and he was gonna shoot the guy with the silver bullets, and he fucking hits him first, and he took his gun and put it in. Oh it, it yeah, I, I totally. He's actually really smart, but I thought I totally the same thing. I was that. like, did the fucking moron actually do that? I was like, oh no, fuck, it's pretty smart. Yeah, I was Damn. Like, I was like, there's no way he went through that whole box. Like, way he went through that whole box of cartridges already. So yeah. he, he's just wasting the fucking silver bullets at this point. Also, he never has to reload that gun. He just, it's just apparently, it's just got all the silver bullets in it. Yeah, whatever. Because so I think if I, I think he kills like six people. He no. A lot. I love the. He kills, he I kills got silver bullets in here. He, he fuck you shoot, do. He, he shoots one guy twice. I know yeah. that for a fact. That shit's funny so, though. I bet you. You know. I got silver bullets in here. No, you fucking don't. Shoots him. Motherfuckers got silver bullets. And everyone's looking at him like, what? <laughs> what? Where'd this guy get silver bullets? 
then they all start slowly changing that's kind of the funny thing though because everyone changes so slowly in this movie it's just like why are you even bot- run away from this guy who has silver bullets because you're gonna stand that. there changing the entire time i thought about and that was the scene with eddie because she just stood there and i'm like I think you can easily move around her. That was the thing. Yeah, I was sitting there looking like, what the fuck are you doing, lady? The thing with American Werewolf is he's by himself. Yes. By the time he's out killing people, he's already the wolf. So. Yeah. No. So, like, and and the wolf can run faster than everybody, so. Yeah. Like I said. It all makes sense. But when you change that slowly in front of someone, it is really hard to believe that they can't. I, I understand, oh, paralyzed with fear. I understand that to a degree. But it takes like, like a full like three minutes for this motherfucker to change. Yeah, I think you probably could have escaped. Ridiculous. I'm not usually one to go do the whole, you know, like, oh, this logic in this horror movie is fucking stupid. But it's just kind of goofy because they deliberately draw out the changing sequences, and it's not just Eddie's. No. So it's like when the people at the end are standing there just changing, they're leaving themselves open as targets. <laughs> like it's pretty stupid. It's like, yeah, the effects are cool, don't get me wrong, but it, so actually, in, in story, doesn't make sense. My favorite effect, maybe besides Eddie's transformation, I'd have to say is when the hand gets cut off. Yeah, I really like that effect a lot. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't expect that shit. So that was a, that was a welcome addition to uh, an idea, I think, that hasn't been explored that much. As soon as she picked up the axe, I assumed that an appendage was coming off. Yeah. But it's handled really well. I think, like I said, when she chops the hand off, the hand does look like a shitty prop when she chops it off. Yeah. But I, I stopped caring as soon as it transformed. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm saying, like, good. When, it, when it transforms into a human hand, that transformation shot is pretty sick. Yeah, I lo- it looks like it was getting birthed, which is cool. Yeah. Also, actually an effect that did not work for me was the... Uh, when. Uh, what's up? When he has the stub hand. No, when Marsha and uh, Bill are having sex and they turn the oh, werewolves. The, the animation? Yeah, that looked pretty bad. So it's because they ran out of money for the budget. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, they, they said, like, yeah, we just ran out of money. So yeah, we it, do it. it's an independently financed movie. Like, I, I understand that. So here's an idea. You cover Definitely it in smashed. fog and you just fade the camera up. Yeah. It's just, like, it's very noticeable. And it's like, I love, like, matte paintings. Yeah. Even when they're noticeable in movies so it's like i get it but it was one of those things where it's just like you probably could have done something to kind of obscure that and when it just balls out in your face you're like "Ooh." so i'm gonna go into this section that's really gonna get me fucking crucified here what the needle drop moments they fucking suck Honestly, not for just music. I, I mean, like specifically for like werewolf Sword. movie, werewolf cartoon, werewolf uh, name. They fucking are bad. They're so in your face. They watch Lon Chaney's Wolfman like I'm pretty sure twice. And they show it. They show it at the end of the credits as a stinger too. Yeah, it's so in your face. In American Werewolf. I think it's great because they only reference it two times, but yes. they show it at least two times in this movie. And they those references make sense for context of those scenes. Yeah. And the only reason why Lon Chaney's The Wolfman's in the background is just because, hoo-hoo, we're watching a horror movie, or we're watching a, a, a werewolf movie. Let's put a werewolf uh, And then in the they're watching the, the fucking Warner Brothers uh, cartoon of, of the wolf. Yes. And then there's the book that Bill is reading is by someone named Wolf. Like, it's... Yeah, it's fucking stupid. It's bad. It, it's so in your face. Yeah, I definitely. Like, agree. I I love having posters in the background like Monster Squad and shit, where it's like, oh, they're watching that. Or they've yeah, seen that. That's egg. cool. But like, seeing the Wolfman in this movie is like, you guys are that fucking stupid, really. That's what you're and gonna they do. Sh- and they show it a decent, like a decent amount of it. It's so weird that this is by the same guy who does Gremlins. It's like he learned all from all of his mistakes in, in Gremlins. He's like, you know, I fucked that one up a little bit. I'm gonna fix this shit. Yeah, and, and Gremlins is dope. So. Gremlins is all... I love Gremlins. My dog's name is Gizmo for a reason. Like, Gremlins, he just said, listen, that shit ain't happening again. <laughs> it's, we've gone over these problems. We've brought these same actors back for some scenes, 
and this shit's gonna be tight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely... I, you can tell that this is kind of low-budget, lower-budget, and they're trying out a lot of new things for them, but, you know, some of them work, some of them don't. <laughs> and it, it's just kind of bewildering to me, and I'm not even saying that it's like, I, I think this movie's bad or anything. I think this movie's pretty decent. Like, I had a good time watching it. Yeah. But uh, it is amazing to see this up there with, like, American Werewolf in London and Wolfman as far as being, like, top-tier it's not movies. I it sounds rude but it's not comparable to those two movies like I would I would put Dog Soldier above this like would you put the Wolfman remake above this I might you were really big on it that's why I, I mean I, I really like the characters a lot in, in the uh, the Wolfman remake a lot more than I like the characters in this um, the, this definitely has effects over it or like, transformation over it because the CGI transformations make my brain hurt but you know I, I think that that movie is actually pretty good so yeah I'd probably put that over this I wouldn't put that in like the top three echelon of fucking werewolf movies but I would put it above this like I, I said I would put dog soldiers above this I would definitely put Wolfman uh, like Frankenstein versus Wolfman above this I would definitely put American Werewolf over this. Definitely the 100%. Wolfman. 100%. Monster Squad's think... not a full Wolfman movie. I can't count it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of full-ass wolf werewolf films I've seen all the way through. No. That... Would you put Wolf Cop over this? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, Wolf Cop's fucking awesome. I don't so, give a fuck. So hear me out. Better transformation. Unbiasedly... I would probably put Teen Wolf over this. I would too. I mean, it's a very different kind of. I know it's completely different. Movie, but I, I actually really enjoyed Teen Wolf. Not as much as I was expecting to enjoy Teen Wolf, but I enjoyed Teen Wolf. I like Teen Wolf a lot. I I think it is very subpar compared. I think to it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, I saw you know Back to the Future is really great. Watch another movie with Michael J. Fox. It's not and... even comparable to like yeah, it's yeah it's the quality yeah yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think of other werewolf. Like, I I haven't seen Curse of the Werewolf yet, which I really want to watch. I haven't either. It's it's one of my blind spots, honestly. I've heard good things about it. I'm trying it's... to knock off more Hammer films. I got the whole Hammer box set of movies I wanted to watch. That was yeah. taking precedent until Puppet Master put its fucking strings into me, and I've been getting through those a little bit more. But Hammer's gonna be next on the list, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about werewolf films that. I think when they do come out, they usually fucking come out in bangers. Like, American Werewolf is a fantastic movie. The Wolfman is a fantastic movie. Yeah. And The Howling is definitely a really good movie. Yeah, but it's entertaining as hell. If you compare it to those two, it's like... If I had to give a rating for Howling, and I, yeah, I know I'm skipping to the end here. I'm not saying this is going to end the video, but... I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. I think that's fair. Yeah. American Werewolf is like a nine and a half, ten out of ten. Like I'll it, give that ten out of it, ten. It's fucking perfect. To w- me. Wolfman, I would also give ten out of ten. I I would give the Wolfman a nine and a half out of ten. I love the Wolfman, but I have some small problems with it. I would say I would say Howling for me would be a seven point five. That um, is fair. More, one of the things that I do I do definitely want to talk about score because I, yeah because I texted you instantly like I was I was I think I, was, I think we were just getting to the colony. Or a little bit after, because they were about to go hunting. I like the opening score. I like a lot of the music in this. I think the music is misplaced, though. I think the actual... Some of it is put together wrong. Because I think the actual score of it would almost fit a a better movie. Oh, that sounds disrespectful. It would fit a different movie. I think, like, the operatic, like, sound to it and the pacing is really off in this film. Like... When there's stingers or like when things are, are changing in tempo, it doesn't involve the film around it. It films like it wasn't made for this sound. For this movie. Like yeah. I, I think it really takes me out of it. Cause I'm like this this almost sounds like it'd be a score right here in a hammer film. The problem is it doesn't accompany the movie that well. Could you yeah. listen to the soundtrack on its own and enjoy it? Fuck yeah you can. Does it fit the movie perfectly? 
to me, no, there's there's no there's the some rhythm is off. Does. Ironically, for the sound, the rhythm is off. Yeah, there's some sequences where it works really well. There is a particular moment because I literally texted you that, and then the next scene, the score irritated me mm-hmm. because when they go hunting, the music that they play when they go hunting, I just I really don't like it. Um, I know it's supposed to be more of a jovial scene. I get that. But it gave me like strong, like Halloween five goofy cop vibes where it's just like, it feels really out of place in this movie or like, um, even in, uh, I think, I think it's two, uh, Friday 13th two where they, they go into fucking banjo music. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just ran- It feels really random to me. Um, Oh, like during the colony scene, the banjo music. No, 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 no. no. Cause that, that's all like in scene. It, that all is fine. Yeah. Oh, I'll say this takes place in California. It is really weird to me. I mean, I've never been to California. For all, I, don't, I don't fucking know, but it is kind of really weird that they go to the colony and then all of a sudden people are talking like they're from fucking Arkansas. Like, <laughs> like people are Southern. It's like, I don't know. I don't know about that, Chief. Especially yeah. like again, like like the, the the sheriff is like a straight up Southern boy. So like, what the fuck? I, I had to Google. I was like, I was looking up where the fuck does this movie take place. Like, what was the opening in Atlanta, and they're now in in some random part of Georgia? I don't fucking know what's going on now. Um, but then they're like, "Oh yeah, you're an LA girl." It's like, okay, none of this makes sense to me. Again, never been to California. Maybe parts of California are like that. I have no idea. But um, yeah, that was really weird. But no, the banjo music I was talking about was in Friday Thirteenth Part Two when they're driving into town on the truck. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know that part. I, I thought you were talking about like the banjo during the the camp scene. No, that stuff's fine. I think that stuff is fine, but I think it's too loud. I think it's overpowering the scene sometimes. Yeah, the sound mixing is not always perfect. Of, I don't know. I, I'm coming off like a little bit of an asshole because I think it's just... The rhythm in this film is just off. The music is off. The lighting for a lot of scenes is off. The cinematography is really well done in some scenes and other scenes. It's totally out of sync. Yeah, it's just inconsistent. The the sound mixing, like you said, is off sometimes. Sometimes the sound design, like with the crunches and everything, is really good. And other times, it there's nothing to it. There's there's no sound put in to, for some scenes. Yeah. And it just feels so unfinished. It feels like it was close to a final draft for a movie and they didn't finish it yeah i agree i i guess yeah one of the things I, also what's up i was gonna say like i guess i am just like really let down and i expected more like i expected a higher caliber film compared to like the director's work and it coming out in the same year i just thought maybe it's gonna be rivaling american werewolf and it's like this is a good movie it's a good movie by a good director but i expected better yeah, I bet, I bet at one point if I go back to watching this movie, like, I'll try it again in, you know, a couple months or something. Now that I know what I'm getting into, I'll probably feel differently about the movie. Maybe my opinion on it will change because I'm not expecting it to be, you know, a, a movie of the caliber of something like American Wolf in London. But it, it was very disappointing to sit down and watch this and, and not love it the way that a lot of people do. Yeah. I, I so. was very surprised on that. Yeah, I was expecting to, this to be like a very triumphant enjoyment, like enjoying this film, especially like, you know, we're coming off of our our uh, review series for Friday the 13th. And Which apparently different... came out at a perfect time, may I say. Yeah. But it's also like a very different type of movie than the movie we watched last week. And we're back to kind of having variety again, which is pretty cool. Um... But I was expecting this to be like, you know, I wasn't I actually was not expecting to like Nightbreed more than I like this. Nightbreed is a million times better. Yeah, Nightbreed is not... a much better film. It's a much better story. Yeah, the acting in it is much better. Yeah. I, there's nothing that Nightbreed does worse than this film. I would nearly say, except for like the special effects are different. Like, there's nothing in Nightbreed that rivals the extravagant scene of Eddie transforming but all the special effects together are still much better yeah the scope of the special effects is much more impressive I mean I 
not that these movies are similar in any way whatsoever. The score in Nightbreed is better. Yes. The score is yes. fantastic. Um, but there are parts of the score in this that I really did like. The reason why I texted that to you was because the I think it's pretty much the main theme. It's what plays in the menu. Um, yeah. Like with that organ. Very dreamy. Yeah, very dreamy, but also like very. I don't want to say maybe gothic isn't the right term for it, but it it feels like old timey horror. Yeah, I, I think it would fit perfectly in a Hammer film. Yeah, I, I really like that score, but there's certain parts of it where it just feels like it's out of place. Um, one thing I actually, because we talked about Bill, we didn't talk about Karen very much. How did you feel about Karen and D, like D. Wallace's performance? Because I'm kind of hit and miss on it. There's really good scenes, and then there's like really bad scenes. Yeah, like when she's recounting her stuff at the session... I was not a big fan of that. I thought it felt really too much. I, I think she plays well under the trauma aspect when it's her and Bill. I think they have really yeah. good chemistry. But yes. I don't think she has great chemistry with the Doctor or a lot of the other cast. Yeah, like, I really like Dee Wallace as an actress. Yeah. You know, like, one of the, one of the, like, surprisingly enough, I can actually give praise to a Rob Zombie movie, but I really like her as, as Laurie Strode's mom. mom. Um, the, scene, the, the very few scenes that we get her get of her in the Halloween remake, she's really good, and that's far removed from this. Very. Um, I think she's a talented a talented actress. It's just I feel like this was just kind of the material maybe just wasn't there quite. Um, there are scenes where she's she's pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but like I think the scene where she's on on the air and she's um, you know spacing out and isn't able to to be on the show. I think that's really well done. I think her monologue at the end is really good, too. Yes, she delivers that very well. I think the dialogue is a bit hokey. You know, it's tough to take it seriously when some of the stuff written there just feels like it's for a cartoon. But the performance is really good. Yeah, it feels very grandstanding on the page. But D. Wallace found a way to make that palatable. It also, like, it cutting from her to her producer and her him him in the back room being like oh cut it off or whatever like like him being you know a micromanaging producer being an asshole that doesn't really help me either in that scene because i think it takes too much away from the power of what she's saying like he doesn't need to talk yeah i can get why it's in there and i think it has some to some effect i think it works but i also would agree that like it doesn't need to be in there yeah. It can work in some aspects, but I think it takes away a little too much. Yeah, I agree. I I like the the guy who had the silver bullet. I think his name is Chris. I'm not certain. But I love the fact that he's so adamant, like, no, we're going to keep going. He's great in that scene. Yeah, I like him a lot. Period. Like, I like that actor a lot. Yeah, I, I think he's great in the up. movie. I think he's the guy whose name's Slim Pickens. I was looking through it when the credits were playing. I was sitting there like <laughs> that name came up, and I was just like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me! <laughs> That's not someone's fucking name, man." It's like it's like when you look back and you see like Speedweed. It's like no way that's someone's real name, bro. Come on. No, I agree. Yeah, his name is Chris Halloran. So yeah, yeah right, so Chris. Chris. Yeah, I like him a lot period like i think he's really good in the movie i, I even like um we literally talked about her before i, I don't know i'm like terry terry i like terry. her name is terry fisher <laughs> okay another fucking but, all the names are based on like directors or people that worked on stuff i think bill's name is based on the director for werewolf of london because it was the first uh sound picture for werewolves i mean that's, that's pretty cool yeah, but it's so fucking. It's pretty. It's pretty cool, especially as for me. Like I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I that... didn't even know Terry's last name was Fisher. If I knew that, then I would be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But like, yeah. I, I didn't know her last name was Fisher, so. Yeah. I wouldn't have even known. I don't mind but... that stuff too much. It's just, if that was it, I wouldn't care. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just but when, when you know when you, com- when you compare it with everything else. One of thirty-six. It's like, yeah. come on, buddy. And Dante yeah. even says, like, yeah, we just tried to put as much as we could in. I'm like, I fucking know, dude. I know you did. I can, I, I can feel it. I can feel my skin crawling. Also, this is, this is adapted from a book. And yeah. the book is vastly different. 
I have no doubt. So one of the funniest. That's how things, I found out. That's how I found out it takes place in California. One of the funniest things um, about it, I remember looking it up, and Dante was talking in an interview or at like some sort of uh, maybe like a college campus or some shit, and they're like, "Oh, so it's based on a book." He's like, "Yeah, we changed a lot of it though, because you know, I we couldn't really put honest. that stuff in. It wasn't that good." And this is some, some guy goes, "So." you don't like the book you're not a fan of it he goes no not at all really and the guy goes i wrote that book <laughs> oh, the, the author was there and he called Christ. him out on camera about it and he's like jesus christ that Kinda is funny. really funny that is really funny yeah that man is a hero i think it's okay to say like oh you know we had to change some things for the movie because it would it structurally wouldn't work as well on film but yeah. for someone to adaptate a book and say like it's not good like that's kind of a fucking problem like i don't think any director should direct a movie where they just don't like what they're adapting you know what i mean yeah that also, just do you know fucked do, up. do you know what the colony is called in the book no rago rago that's the name of the villain well, of course it's a fucking cold then yeah i just i just looked that up <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's really funny. I mean, I, I I had heard that they changed the name because they're like, yeah, the name in the book. No, we're not doing that. Changes to the colony. But also, like again, like the colony to me, it's just like it, it's it's almost kind of a it's like, hey, it's the colony, also known as it's you know the pack. So, the wolf pack. How do you yeah. feel about the doctor? He's fine. I, I I just you know. I hate his introduction. Yeah, because especially for the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? Also, Why I hate, is he talking? I hate I hate when they, the, it, the intro just feels like a, he's spelling out the theme of the movie. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He's just sitting there just talking to me like, hey, this is what the movie's about. And don't get me with the, oh, that's the whole point of the gypsy woman and the original wolf. They do all the time. Yeah, I know they fucking do it all the time, but he does it, like, five times in the fucking movie, and yes, it's stupid. But, but it's a plot point. Yeah, in the wolf man, where where the whole point is is that he doesn't know what's going on, so he goes to talk to this gypsy to learn about it. Whereas this is just going on on in the background as the inciting incident of the movie is happening. Let's compare it again to so, American Werewolf. It's not really the same. Where when they talk about wolf-centered things or whatever, and they're learning about stuff, it's exposition. But it's not exposition that's pausing the movie because you're following David and his buddy Jack. So when they're in the slaughtered yeah. lamb, they're learning more about some like the pentagram on the wall or stuff, or they're talking about a, a big wolf or whatever and why to be afraid. It's it makes logical sense because you're still following them, and when you're pausing for this exposition, they're paused too. They're not off yeah. screen. They're not doing other shit, and you're like, oh, now I have to learn about this shit. You're always following a center or supporting character in all of the shit that you're learning about stuff. Yes, we're starting this movie. And he's giving the intro. I don't fucking know anybody else yet. It's like the first thing you see. I don't fucking care about this douchebag. Oh, so the themes between man and, and like the your inner wolf. It's like, yeah, I know I'm watching a fucking werewolf movie, dude. Shut the fuck up. It's like if something had happened, and Karen was going to visit him to have a conversation about this. Whatever, that's fine. You know, she's an audience surrogate in that situation. Whatever. But the fact that that is literally how we're introduced to this movie is a little bit irritating. Like, the movie starts with exposition. It's just like, wow. Wowie. And <clears throat> it's wild. Like, it's 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 playing intercut with, you know, us being introduced to our main character and dealing with, you know, finding out about Eddie and finding out about you know like the fact that she's being basically used as an undercover agent in this situation and being sent in after this killer so like you know we we should probably be paying more attention to that like instead of spelling the theme out in 30 seconds it's kind of dumb how on the nose was the fucking killer's room too yeah i'm i'm not gonna lie seeing because they take a lot of time to show you you know what what's on his walls and you can tell like there's there's this kind of actually one of the things i do actually like about the movie is, is how they deal with sexuality and the wolves you know there's a repressed sexuality for eddie clearly that he he 
explodes with through violence. It's a very clear thing in the movie. You know, his room is covered with, you know, newspaper clippings about dead people and various, you know, lewd images of women and references to pornography. That's why the porn they watch is a very violent one. Yeah. It so, plays over and over and over again. Yeah, so it's very clear that there's there's a an actual concept of a, a, a psychosexual aspect to the werewolf, which is something we visit again, obviously, with Marsha and Bill later on in the movie. But it is super on the nose. I'll still say, though, that it at least lends to an interesting aspect of the movie. I think it lands fairly well, too. It doesn't take away from it. Yeah, I don't think it's super duper, like... It, it definitely didn't irritate me at all. It was It was clearly on the nose but i don't think that it's something that takes away from the movie at all especially because it, it illuminates a little bit more about eddie's personality and mindset because we don't get a ton of it because mm-hmm. um, he's not really in the movie very much and he's one of the first where he's the first werewolf to die <laughs> like he's he's it seems like he's the villain of the movie but at the end at the end of the day it's the colony you know, it's the it's reveal. A... The re- I'll say that the reveal that Marsha and her, you know, creepy ass fucking brother. weirdo little brother are related to him. That I did not expect. Yeah, I didn't think that that was going to happen. I did know for a fact as soon as they showed up to the uh, to the colony that they were going to be all werewolves. I knew that for a fact, but I didn't think that they were going to be related, or that he was a, a patient of the doctors. That I didn't know. So I I, I did appreciate that twist, but. I think after they named the last name of the character, too, if they had done any research into the fucking colony, it'd be so easy to fucking pinpoint his ass and throw him in jail. And it's like, oh, you got the last name? That's cool. And it's like, it also, yeah, it also they like got pin- the last name. You're fucked. And that never happens, really. It would also pinpoint to you, oh, yeah. it's kind of weird that the doctor decided to send you to the colony with his two siblings. Yeah. After you got him killed. Ugh. Also, it's like, oh yeah. Oh, like, you're you're reporters. Like we can't kill her. You know, she's too high profile. Why the fuck did you invite her? Yeah. You could have just lied and said like, like, we're gonna give her our gift. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why you would you want to do her. that? You don't think people are gonna notice that she's not gonna come back to LA and go back to her job as a fucking reporter, like, and have to live out in the fucking nowhere well, his plan is that like oh we can learn to live in peace with them and we can be understanding it's like yes but it's very obvious that that two of the people that you have that are like main players at the colony are not pro that at all yeah not to mention the fact that like it's a very dumb idea to assume this character who's already suffering trauma is going to be pro werewolf right now like yeah Especially because you know what that trauma was caused from. A werewolf? Like, why would you... A werewolf serial killer? Yeah. I, 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 I just think that the, the villain's plan in this movie is kind of weird. And not very I well I would say out. it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the book it makes a lot more sense because they have more time to explain it. but it, Or maybe it's completely different. Who fucking knows? But in the movie, I'm not going to lie... I really question the intelligence of these people a lot. And I don't usually like to do that in movies because you can you can fall into a lot of traps with that. Where Movie you're, logic you're gonna, has you to follow one standard. Yeah. It's supposed to, if it's dumb, at least fool the audience. At least make yeah. the audience not think about it. There's a million stupid shit that happens in each individual film that you love or you hate. But the yeah. whole thing about watching a movie is that you shouldn't ask this question in the theater. You shouldn't ask this question during the movie. If you ask it afterwards, fine, because you're sitting and stirring and maybe, oh, I didn't think about this before, but what about this? That can be good or bad, but as long as you're not asking this during the movie, that's usually a good thing. There's so many questions I'm asking during this movie that it's like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, not okay. Yeah, yeah, I just think I just think like I can suspend my disbelief only so much. Yeah, and they kind of reach a breaking point in this movie quite quickly. Yes, with with their idea, oh, not quite quickly. At, during the third act, when they're like explaining their plan, I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, you didn't think about this at all, did you? Like, yeah. you didn't think one iota about this when they were explaining their plan. That clearly the rest of them don't 
fucking have except for one person and they're all like just you're fucking dumb we eat them <laughs> yeah which by but the way can... that guy is played by john carradine yeah i saw it yeah it's pretty neat the one who's like i gotta i gotta burn i gotta <laughs> yeah which again again tipping off the fact that they're werewolves because the only he's like yeah, it's the only way i have to burn whatever Shove your fucking head in a silver spike to, dude to be to be fair that is a little bit prior to when they, they find that book that tells you that. Yeah. But I think if you know generally anything about this movie, you fucking understand that already. So, I, but, I will say this much. I knew I was going to go and say, like, it was, it was good. Like, I think it's a good movie, but I knew I was going to spend time fucking not being into it. I didn't know how you were gonna feel about it, so I'm really glad we're on the same wavelength on this, and it's not gonna be over here like, like the Wolfen being like, I just thought this was really cool. I'm over here like, I think this sucks ass. It's pretty, dude. It's pretty dumb, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I, I, this is a movie that I, I want to like a lot more than I do. Like, I, I really want to like this a lot more. But, you know, I wasn't even like talking about the plot, especially the villain plot at the end. Really, just reminded me. I was like, this is. I don't, I don't think they really really thought about the script about that villain plot i don't think that that really you know i i would love for someone to correct me and and tell me you know how this works or or if they really if i miss some kind of minute explanation of why this works because it doesn't make any sense no and maybe that's the point that marcia and 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 the the younger brother haven't thought about it because they're just reactionary and young and dumb but at the end of the day everyone goes along with it so so I, i look at it like this when I found out that Joe Dante had to change things because didn't, he thought this isn't going to work or I'm not a fan of it, it immediately says in my head, are these changes story-driven or not? Is it in the story things are nonsensical and he has to make things work? Or is it the opposite because he thinks the way the story changes divulges into a territory he doesn't like? With knowing that so much has already been altered from the original source material and me not having seen that source material, I have such a huge blind spot like... There's so many unanswered questions as to why this film is going in this direction. I said before, and you've agreed, this doesn't feel like a final draft to a film. It feels like they're on, they're close to the end, but they didn't quite hit it yet. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's the altercations from book to film. Maybe it's just not a, a great story from in the book. Who knows? And that part's adapted perfectly. I have no clue. But there is way too many questions that we're asking as an audience you and i love 80s horror films we love werewolf films we should be if anything the people that aren't asking questions realistically if anyone shouldn't be you and i both know to ourselves i i'm not the one to do this but here i am yeah i'm not like i said like i said like i've been saying like i'm not usually one to sit here and bitch and complain about logic yeah in, in horror films especially 80s horror movies but it's just like you you reach a certain point where you're straining your credibility and i have to say hey what's going on guys you know i agree this movie really did pick apart the werewolf genre it really picked up the werewolf genre for i say not pick apart but it picked up the werewolf genre at a perfect time in 81 along with American Werewolf and they both got applauded for their special effects and in the 80s we're getting a period where special effects are really shooting off in, in all different sorts of ways you have things yeah. that are big overblown like the thing from John Carpenter and then you have sometimes where the special effects don't come until like the later half of films like uh, Fright Night and yeah, a lot of these things are coming out because of stuff like this movie you know, the mm-hmm. effects being so powerful in a film as early as 81 being like, oh shit, we have to change the game. And I think you can always respect and love that the Howling is responsible for that and understand yeah. how it really did change the era of films that when it came out. But I think it's also good to evaluate that I can understand why things are really fucking important and cool and still take a step back and say this still isn't hitting right for other areas like yeah i think it's tough for a lot of horror fans to realize like oh man you don't like this is so important it's like that doesn't fucking matter like things can be important for a million reasons there's a lot of important events that are terrifying or tragic like pearl harbor 
but it's important. I'm not going to forget it, right? You know, like, I don't want to yeah. have a somber note like that, but, like, I'm not saying this movie is Pearl Harbor. <laughs> we already have a movie about yeah. Pearl Harbor that's like that, where it's a tragic it's event, but... Bad. Yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, the movie's tragic, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Tragic that it exists. But this is a really important movie, just in the way the first Friday the 13th is an important movie. No, I'm tying it all together. Like, that first one, really important makes a big difference and shifts how slashes are going to go throughout the entire 80s just in that franchise alone but that that film shapes everything it doesn't yeah. mean that doesn't mean it's a good movie it doesn't mean it's a, a fucking yeah. great film it's a classic in so many ways that leave me astounded but it's, it's more of a classic movie. because of its, its historical meaning as in yeah. the howling is a classic in the way that it's pioneered and changed how film was going to go in the 80s but that doesn't make yeah. the story a classic. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. It is It is kind of a thing where, like, they they group these two movies together, this and American Werewolf in London. Came out same year. Both big special effects movies as far as the werewolf genre is concerned. The difference, though, winds up being that, you know, as much as I think this movie's entertaining to watch, you know, I had a good time watching it. The difference between this and something like American Werewolf in London is it has the script to back it up. It has characters that back it up. It has, you know, it doesn't just have its effects to, to kind of run in on um, and to continue its legacy past 1981. So that's kind of the problem with this movie. As much as I did enjoy watching it, it is not a very memorable movie outside of, I would argue, the, the effects themselves. So it, it is very disappointing to watch. Again, you know, I had a lot of expectations going into this because it's a movie that's hyped up relentlessly online. And, you know, most people who are werewolf fans, they talk about they're like they're either a howling person or they're a American werewolf person. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm an American werewolf person because this just wasn't wasn't my bag as far as, uh, you know, greatest werewolf movies ever made. I will not deny that it has some incredible effects and it's a, a generally entertaining watch. But when you stand that up against Titans like American Werewolf in London and The Wolfman, you know, it's kind of just not a contest. It's kind of just a lesser film. Yeah, it's very comparable to how you said, like, you know, Friday, the divulging quality from part five to part three is drastic, you know? Yeah. Like, five is down here and three is way up here, but if you look at the rankings, they're right next to each other. Same yeah. thing as Wolfman is much better movie, but maybe The Howling is still number three for me. Who knows? But that's looking at a huge varying quality. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I guess we pretty much covered final thoughts, but is there anything else yeah. you have you want to say about the film, too? Yeah, I want to say that after talk, especially after talking about the um, the finale, I, I'm going to drop my score from 7.5 to a 7. Yeah. I, I just talking about that kind of just illuminated how just like that, that finale is just kind of irritating visually cool i like the whole burning barn thing yeah and you know the guy riding in and blowing people up blowing people away with the fucking silver bullets and all that stuff that's pretty cool but the whole concept of the finale is dumb so well also it it's kind of hard to care it's also synonymous with the 80s about how they're putting like the action over the narrative yeah, because like, the narrative is, it feels like they kind of just like sit on set, like, ah, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah, and it feels like that. Yeah. Because so, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going to drop that down to a seven. That's really all I have to add, though. Yeah, I, I'll say, for my final thoughts, I respect the fuck out of this movie. I think it's really cool. I like aspects of it. I think the psychosexual stuff we talked about is probably the deepest thing you can get out of this film, and I like that. And I think some of the stuff they handle with trauma is pretty good in most parts. I think the performances by the leads for Dee Wallace and her, at the time, husband, actually, who played Bill, they do they have great chemistry, and when they're on screen together, it's a lot of fun. But there's too many aspects of this film that fall flat that make me feel like, yeah, this is good, and I had fun, but... I, I'm not that excited to watch it again. I don't think there's more coming to it. I'll put on American Werewolf tomorrow, and I won't be upset. I'll be excited. I'll be looking forward to it. And if I put this on tomorrow, I would probably fall asleep. 
I, I'm sorry. I know it's going to be a bit of a downer and a bummer, but I can respect the hell out of stuff and understand why people like it, but still say I'm getting n- not nothing, but I'm not getting enough out of it. Joe Dante did Gremlins. He's done other awesome things. Even Gremlins 2, a totally different movie, but... He's... Looney Tunes back in action. Yes, he, he did Looney All Tunes back in action. All that matters. Small soldiers, like... He's done so many different things, and, like, he's a talented director. And, you know, this came out in 81. 100%, yeah. And, like, it is an early film for him, but it totally shows. He had promise, and he developed that promise later on, but that doesn't mean I get a free pass on stuff when it bugs me. Yeah. So, that's a 7 for me as well. I think that's going to conclude our thoughts on The Howling. Uh, A bit of a disappointment, especially after Nightbreed. But maybe the next film will will change how we feel and we'll get a lot more into positive territory. We're going to be covering The Burning. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you to finally watch The Burning. Mike's Mike's a big fan of the movie. He's been asking me for a long time to watch it, and I'm, I'm a little pumped to see it. So I'll say the burning is the movie that Friday the Thirteenth Part One wishes it was. <laughs> I'm, I hope. So, so hey, I'm, bro, it's got, it's got the bald guy from from fucking Seinfeld in it, George so, Costanza. <laughs> yeah, he's this one of the movie's gonna be man. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the counselors, dude. I'm so pumped. So, all right, cool. Next next episode, we're covering Seinfeld the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're covering the burning. All right, thanks again for joining us for the howling. All right, we'll catch you later. Howl at a couple people nearby, whatever. I don't know, or blow up a fucking barn. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>